We are here to talk about all aspects of film, good or bad, from the perspective of wannabe filmmakers. Every episode, we'll dig into a movie, a performer, a director, or whatever in an attempt to unpack themes, rank favorites, and discuss successes and failures. The goal in part, as amateur filmmakers, is to walk away with a lesson about the medium in each episode. This is the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. This is Greg. Hello. And I'm Matt. So let's chat. Jack Black can definitely bring us together. Jack Black is amazing in both School of Rock and Bernie. He got Golden Globe nominations for both of these movies, and they were both well-deserved. Oh, yeah. It's it's almost hard to say, like, which is better, because School of Rock, I think for our generation, is one of those kind of iconic movies, one of those movies that, like, the kids love. It's on YTV every Sunday, um, but parents can also, like, like they're going to go to the movies to see this, and they can enjoy this on their own time, too. Like, there's, it's one of those kids movies that is great for for any audience and also has like a genuinely lovely message and is has a heartwarming ending yeah 100 percent. this is one of my like top 20 favorite movies of all time so it's easily my favorite uh link later movie mm-hmm. um but yeah no jack black is incredible and it just shows how well they work together yeah which is like kind of surprising because they seem like opposites but they are also both like weirdly centered in their in their strangeness you know exactly yeah and um i think jack black has also said like that richard linklater is his favorite director to work with or one of his favorite directors to work with which isn't surprising because you know they work super well together and i mean jack black is a great actor as it is because he's he's great in these two movies but he's also been great in you know don't worry he won't get far on foot that gus van sant directed he was also good in uh i i hate the movie margo at the wedding but i think he's really good in that one that's a noah bombach movie Mm. um so he's he's a very talented guy but jack but uh jack black is really good in these Linklater movies because i think he is able to get a script that's very balanced in terms of comedy and drama so yeah yeah and i mean like school of rock is also one of those movies like you said like our generation loves this movie they made a musical of school of rock which is like if you're gonna make a musical out of any kids movie this is this this belongs yeah and i'm looking at i made a list a while ago of like the comedians like i watched as a kid like crazy Mm mm-hmm and they were like, you know, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, Robin Williams, Ben Stiller, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin. But Jack Black was one of them that 100%. was like really intense. And he was one of the most popular ones. I remember, I don't know if I ever told you this story. But I was like, when, I, when I was younger, I played hockey and we had a game on a Sunday night. And Sunday night was always the night that on like YTV where they would have like a, like a movie play. Yeah. You know? So I think there was a little bit of a fuss about some kids having to go and play on Sundays because, you know, they, you know, Monday is the next day and it's a school night, but also they can't watch the movie on MTV or on YTV, MTV, Jesus. I mean, that's the thing. The movie fits on MTV too, but anyway, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, I remember we're, we're playing hockey and we're not doing well. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're team is losing. We're not doing well. And I skate by this kid and as he skates by me, I can hear under his breath. He goes, I'm fucking missing Nacho Libre for this shit. <laughs> and I was just like, 
that is how <laughs> widespread and monumental Jack Black was at this time. And like, you know, it's true. 2008 or whatever the fuck when that happened, because, yeah, he was he's phenomenal. He's so talented, so funny. He makes you feel kind of special, you know? Yeah. Um, and he is like yeah. he's one of those actors um in a way because he's so musical and he he's like a good dancer and stuff he's kind of this like cartoon right because he's also like 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 not typical he doesn't have like a typical shape so it's like he's this friendly like round guy but like he'll dance his ass off he'll sing a great song he has a great voice like he he it's weird that he does a lot because he does a lot of stuff for adults too but yeah it, it it is it's strange that he isn't i could see him as like a host of like a kid's show you know like like exactly. a more, like a morning kids show or something. He just has that energy. Yeah, in a way, I guess he's kind of almost similar to like how Adam Sandler can kind of be, you know, so he can work so well with like kids, but also like he can be really raunchy and really like dirty, you yeah. know. But Jack Black, I feel like he definitely he, he's one of those people that like. You can start out really loving him in kids' movies. I feel like Adam Sandler started out, you know, making, like, more adult stuff and then maybe went down to kind of doing, like, kids' movies. I th- I feel like Jack Black almost maybe was the opposite where he's kind of aged. Like, he feels like a like a kid almost. Yeah, he is like a big kid. He, he even has, like, kind of like a, a cherub-like face. Yeah. And he's just he's just the greatest, and he's a phenomenal actor. We're actually doing an episode on him next season, so I'm very excited for that because he's got a lot of great stuff to dig into. Mm-hmm. But these two performances are phenomenal. And if we're talking in terms of performances, I definitely think that uh, Jack Black and Bernie is probably the better performance because that's a dark performance, but he's still able to be funny. And lovable. Um, and lovable, yeah. And it's, a, it's an interesting movie because it's about a real-life crime. It's about a real-life murder. I don't want to give too much away, because I also think this one is somewhat underrated. Yeah, I, um, I hadn't even heard of it until I started taking a deep dive into Linklater stuff. Yeah, and we watched this one together, and you guys, you and Emma, actually you know, agreed with me for once on how <laughs> this movie is actually really great. Um, it brings so it was up nice a, to a not lot be, of... Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to not be, you know bullied by your podcast partner and jack black is the great unifier he is it's, he really is the great unifier yeah. it, it's it's one of those movies that ends up bringing up like very interesting moral questions and yeah. i think it goes hand in hand with something like tape um oh yeah Absolutely. in a weird way like they're they're such different movies different completely different budgets and different tones but they will like you will have a conversation about it like with whoever you watch it with about what it means yeah and this is one like i saw this movie before we rewatched it together i had seen this movie eight years ago i had never rewatched it not because i didn't want to but mainly just because i i wasn't able to really like find it or i just never had the time and i try to just see like different movies all the time i try not to rewatch stuff too too often you know mm-hmm. uh the only movie i really like rewatch a ton are you know uncut gems and all that shit the um, dilemma the dilemma yeah that's another one that's that's kind of weird parasite as well because that's that's one that's really kind of hit me um there's a ton of movies that i rewatch, but bernie is one of those that i just haven't really like found it's not the most accessible one but it is on amazon prime right now so definitely check it out do check it out i will say yeah. uh bring it back around to link later 
I think one of the things that makes his stuff work so well with um with Jack Black is they both have such a clear love of music and especially rock oh, music yeah. because so many of Linklater's movies just have like a banging soundtrack and like great mm-hmm. music. And so you get School of Rock, which is, you know, that ode to rock music and passing it on to next generation. And then Bernie, you get like a completely different side of music for both of those guys where you're getting like that Southern kind of gospel music, but like, it's, it's still like a, a magnificent performance from, from uh, Jack Black singing those songs. And I just think there's something to, I wouldn't be surprised if they bond a lot over music and, you know, that shared love of it. Cause that, that's one of the major things that comes across throughout Linklater's uh, filmography is the soundtracks. hundred oh, yeah. percent. I mean, look at dazed and confused. Look at everybody wants some look at school of rock. Uh, look at look at Boyhood. That's Boy- one that had oh a great. Oh my god, that had a great soundtrack. Even um, Sunset. There's an original song in there that is fucking beautiful and like oh yeah, forever associated with with those movies, right? So there's just like this, this this passion for music and good music, and yeah, I think I think that's where their connection might might come from in a lot of ways. Hundred percent. I I love both of these movies. I think that they're great. And I just want to see Jack Black do more like work that's a little bit more dramatic because he's really, really good at it. And Mm -hmm. I just I think in a way, in some ways, he's a very underrated actor um, in terms of like a dramatic actor because he can really do dramatic stuff and do it well. So agreed. There's something there, too, with like the fact that he is such a funny guy and he's well known as a funny guy that when you see him in a dramatic scene that it really works. And the one that I highly recommend is Don't Worry, He Won't Get Fun on Foot, which is, by the way, just right off the bat, great movie with Joaquin and Jonah Hill and Rooney Mara and directed by Gus Van Sant, who did, you know, Goodwill Hunting and Drugstore Cowboy, My Own Private Idaho, the the incredible remake of psycho so you know um (laughs) i'll definitely check that out i'm looking forward to our jack black episode oh yeah no for sure season two is going to be a ride a lot of arguing a lot of fighting and a lot of jack yeah we're up in the drama i think that's the that's the main goal is like we we want ideally this spawns into a reality tv series where like we we have like dozens of wives in a mansion or something like one of those kinds of shows i think Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like my girlfriend cheats on me with you, and then it's like, ah. Oh, yeah, it's gonna, damn. it's gonna be like Canadian Jersey Shore, except just us. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that, honestly. And you, it's just listening too. You know, it's just listening. You don't even get to see the drama. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Alrighty. And let's get into our last category, the time movies. Yeah, I think it's in. I like I like the way you've organized this. We're ending on like what is indisputably some of his best work. Um, like as we've progressed along, we you, we're getting a great picture of his work. And I love the category that you made the time movies because oh, yeah. um, I was listening to some Linklater like interviews earlier today, and I forget how exactly he phrased it, but he said that. Um, how he thinks of movies is kind of like sculpting in time. And yeah. in some of his most iconic and, and revered work, it is very much that he is working in depicting small moments in time as some of the most important things that happen in life. And that for, for all of these movies that comes across. 
Oh, yeah. No, 100%. We're talking about the Before Trilogy and Boyhood. You want to just start with Boyhood? Because I feel like the Before Trilogy is, the, is a nice bow to end on. Agreed. A Boyhood, yeah. it's interesting. This came out when I was like 16, I think. Yeah, I would have been about 15. You're yeah. a year ahead of me. so We're around yeah. the same generation as, as Mason Jr. in the movie. And yeah. um, I remember seeing it and kind of being a little bit meh on it. I was just kind of like... I think I was a little too cynical. I was just like, oh, it took 12 years to make. It's not, you know, it's not that, it, that that's it. You know, that, a, a good movie that does not make. But what's, what's fucking taking so long, guys? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think rewatching it now, I definitely have more appreciation and love for it. Because looking through his filmography, I think the most consistent thing is he loves depicting community. And yes. I think I, I gave too much focus to the character of Mason when I first saw it. Um, and rewatching it now to me, it's not about it's not about Mason. It's about all the people who are trying to have an influence on him in his life. Like that yeah. is that is uh, that is that character. It, it, it felt to me watching it the first time. By the time Mason gets older, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not really feeling I, I don't I don't know what to take away from this character, right? Yeah. Um, but watching it now, I'm like, well, that's kind of what it's like growing up is just having like a set of these expectations placed on you and not actually knowing who you are yet. So yeah. I, I liked it a lot more this time. Yeah, I actually really loved it. I um, this is the first time I'd seen it. I hadn't seen it before. I have to say, this is a movie. We had, we have talked in a previous episode. I can't remember which one it was, but we talked about the fact that like you know how I everyone knows how I I buy a ton of movies and whatnot. I buy a bunch of DVDs. We had an episode. I don't remember what it was, but we were talking about how I buy movies at Canadian Tire mm-hmm. sometimes, and this was one that I was able to find a Canadian tire for like $4. And I got to say, this what a steal. What a, that is a fucking steal. That like is actually robbery. That is actually <laughs> robbery. Yeah. Because this movie should cost like $20 for the DVD alone. Right. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And I really loved it. And yeah, no, like I can get why some, I was a little bit skeptical going into it because I have a lot more um, respect for movies that are long now, but I'm still I still get nervous because I'm like it's three hours, man, of my fucking day that I gotta sit down and yeah. watch this movie. I was I was genuinely putting it off for that reason too, and I also had the memory of like not liking it. Yeah, but I don't. But, I didn't feel yeah. the length. No, I didn't either. And you know what? You make an interesting point of saying like. You know, this is kind of like growing up and you don't really know what to take away from Mason. To be honest, I kind of felt like for a part of this movie, I almost just felt like I was Mason almost like not Mm. exactly like that. But I felt like it was like these were your memories. These were my memories, you know, Um, and these are like the people that I have been around and whatnot. And it's a very relatable movie. There's a lot in this movie that you can see and be like, hi, I can get that feeling. I understand how that would feel. Um it's you some know, universal very, stuff, right? Very universal stuff. He had a very different upbringing than I did. He was like a child of divorce. I, I don't know what that's like. And he mm-hmm. also was, you know, in a family that had some 
you know, alcoholism and abuse and whatnot. And that's all stuff I can't really relate to yeah. because I've never really gone through that. But I know people who've gone through stuff like that. So you can. Oh, it's a super common thing. It's a super common thing. Yeah, unfortunately. But you can see it. And I was like, okay, like I, I feel like I'm going through this with him because you feel so attached to him. And I got to say, man. There's a there's a portion of this movie where he is living with a guy who is not stable guy. He is not a stable. Oh, the tension, insta- the tension, dude. I I've not felt that uncomfortable and that nervous since I saw Uncut Gems. Yeah, same. For the Those first time, tough. and this was even my 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 rewatch of it, and I was still like, I am so uncomfortable watching this. Oh yeah. But he, here's the thing. Even though, yeah, I, I I I like you. I can't relate to like all the specifics of his life, but mm-hmm. you know what I can relate to. I can relate to being that little kid in like 2004 watching Dragon Ball Z. I can yeah. I can relate to to ignoring people playing my Game Boy SP. I can I can relate to the music. I can relate to you know going to a new school like halfway through a semester, exactly. elementary school, right? I can relate to going off to to university, to college, whatever they call it in the states. I I can relate to like <laughs> like the that weird like uh, that that. This this is one part that I didn't think much of when I first saw it, but that part when he he's leaving home and his mom is getting like almost seemingly irrationally emotional about about him leaving and like wanting to get out. Yeah. But like rewatching it now, I, I've just graduated and I can kind of look back on that with some distance. And I was like, oh, my heart, my fucking heart. Yeah. I've done that. Like I've been there. And so there there is there are things that are super universal in this. Regardless of where and what time you're from. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, I definitely that that definitely paints it for me, like the music and whatnot and yeah, just the people you meet and whatnot. And we also gotta talk about Patricia Arquette. Amazing. Jeez. Phenomenal. I, I literally am getting chills thinking about it. Like Oh yeah. No, she's phenomenal. She won the Oscar for this movie. Well deserved. Hundred um, percent. As much as yeah. I love Ethan Hawke as like lovable, kind of useless father, but like doing his best. Like Patricia Arquette carried this movie on her shoulders. Oh yeah, for sure. I still love Ethan Hawke though in this, and holy fuck, man, he is so good. Um, he was also nominated for an Oscar. Well deserved. He's very, very good in this movie. And yeah, this is just an interesting movie because there is something about watching somebody age. Where you're like, okay, like, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Like, this is, this is cool. It's also just funny to me because when you think about it, like, whenever you see a montage on YouTube of the best movies of the last decade from like 2010 to 2019, this movie is always on the list. Yeah. And they always show the shot of him uh, laying in the grass, waiting for his mom to pick him up, right. and staring up at the sky. It's just funny because they say like this is the best movie of the decade. That shot was filmed in like 2001, which mm-hmm. just makes me laugh because I'm like that wasn't even the fucking decade you're talking about. That was almost in the that was almost two decades in the previous decade before that. That was yeah. almost in the 90s. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's something that I really enjoy and. Uh, yeah, no, just the best soundtrack, the best characters, and it's. The other thing I, lo- I love about this, too, is I can relate to the, the high school relationship kind of thing in this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, first where, breakups, right? Like, yeah, the breakup. And that's the thing I loved that was included in this, is that the, the relationship felt important, and then it ended like it was nothing. And it was um, it was something where you can see the main character being affected by it. And it was I like that they took that route with it, because 
that's a pet peeve for me is when people in real life are like, ah, you dated in high school. It didn't work out. Whatever. It never works out in high school. It's like, yeah, but like. It means the world to you at that time. Exactly. And it's, and you're still young and you're still impressionable. I mean, like I'm 21 now, but there is stuff that I remember from high school relationships that have, that have carried with me throughout my life. And then, you know, love is a strong emotion. So anything that happens in those relationships, those are memories and details you carry with you so i'm i'm glad that they included that and that they didn't just kind of make it like oh yeah she's the girlfriend and then you know it didn't work out so you know i'm glad it was it was they face it it head on it's something that like i maybe as a culture we just bury in a weird way because we're ashamed of our you know teeny teenage mistakes and stuff (laughs) and it's embarrassing to be like so passionate about something that in the grand scheme isn't that important but like Mm -hmm. that's still real life and like Linklater knows how to just bring out that passion and make you look at it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I also think it's significant because even though this definitely was not the intention, uh, but it's super significant that the movie is an early example of uh, nostalgia for our time. Like, I I, Mm -hmm. again, like Linklater had no intention. He was just showing things that were part of the culture in the early 2000s right that that was all he was doing but like to to me and and i know emma watching it it hit her heart of like i've never she she said like i've never seen a movie show us like how we grew up and like our era and our music and our you know our old games like they're playing halo on xbox and like i have those memories too and it's just such a universal thing for for our generation that it's like, I get yeah. that. Like, nobody, no other generation is going to feel the way we do about uh, a Blink-182 song just being dropped randomly off of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, right? Like, that album and, like, <laughs> just so much is, it's, it makes you feel so, a nostalgia for something Exactly. That, yeah, there's a scene where he's playing the Game Boy Advance and it's, like, one shot. It's, like, one shot where he's playing a Game Boy Advance that lasts maybe, like, two seconds. Yeah. And I was like that. I can relate to that because I played that and I played that exact thing that he had. And that that meant something to me. So, yeah, it's, it's very special in that way. I know. kind of get it when uh, when older folks see like, I don't know, a movie from the age and they're like, oh, you wouldn't get it. It's like you know, the, the hair and the thing and like the that <laughs> album was everywhere. And it's like, yeah, cool. Like, but this it kind of made me, you know, not not want to just move on from that time and move forward, but look back at it kind of with love. Yeah, absolutely. I could see this movie making me, like, break down as a 40-year-old, basically. Like, the older I get, I think the more this movie will hit me hard. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. This one, yeah, this one made me really emotional, I will say. Um, Yeah, it was a very... It's a very emotional movie, and if you think about it, you're like, not a lot even really happens. It's just the guy grows up, and I'm like, yeah, but it's it's beautiful. You're like, like, me too. Me too. I yeah. grew up as well. Yeah. So the Before Trilogy. Yeah. Oh, man. Such great movies. Such great movies. Which, your favorite is Sunset, right? Yeah, I think... I love them all. They're all, yeah. like, like, pretty perfect to me. But I think Sunset has that balance of being relatable and also just a really well-told story despite the fact that on the surface it is just a 90 minute conversation there is like an actual like watching it a lot there there is a ton of tension and a ton of like 
turning points and there's a weird blend of experimenting with like what what can a movie be can a movie be just a conversation well yeah and this is how you do it It, it's just so well done yeah i i agree with you and i think that before sunset is my favorite as well it's a phenomenal phenomenal movie um and yeah, I think it's really tight, and I think that's what uh, I love so much about it, is that it's a very tight movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like there's ever a dull moment. There were some issues I had with that in Before Sunrise, where I love Before Sunrise, so don't get me wrong, Same. I think it's great. It's, a, it's about 100, mov- 100, 100, movies, 100 minutes long, so, you know, that's an hour 40 of two people talking, and... And it's, it's uh, that classic, you know, thing that Linklater might be best known for is, like, the walk and talk, kind of, right? The walk like, and talk. They're, they're, they're just it's wandering like, around and having a chat. Yeah, it's like, there's Aaron Sorkin, who does the brisk, fast-paced... Yeah, it's a march. The marching, like, not even looking at each other, like, like just spilling facts basically what you and your girlfriend do all the time yeah we Um, we we don't even talk sitting down we just walk side by side (laughs) and like yeah i'm I'm getting an extension i think to our place and it's just going to be like a looping hallway so that we can just walk (laughs) through a hallway people can like hand us papers too we're gonna hire extras it'll be just like sorkin (laughs) exactly just like the fucking newsroom yeah Uh, oh man I think that we should go to Montana's for dinner tonight. <laughs> I disagree with that. I think that's a bad idea. They had a that in 2006. They had a had a little bit of mold in the kitchen. It's just, I love that. <laughs> just like checkmate. Oh, um, but yeah, no. S- Sunrise does have lovely moments in it. But you're right. It's not as tight. Yeah, it, I just feel like it drags a little bit. Like there are some parts where I'm kind of like, okay, like I kind of check my phone and check my watch, and I'm like, all right, like I'm still liking the movie. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, and by the end, I'm like, uh, guys, you can text each other. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, by the end of this movie, it's very impactful, and the ending oh my is God. like, oh man, I really hope that they they meet up. Um, it's another one that like. There's, there's, I think maybe I get more, um, more of the butterflies watching Sunrise because that's like an immediate thing. Like we're in our twenties. I I remember, you know, first meeting Emma and like kind of really liking her, but not being, you know, you're, you're still gauging the comfort zone where you can say that. And there's Mm -hmm. so many moments like that in Sunrise where it's like they're, they're in the listening booth together and they're like stealing glances and not saying anything for like the first time in the movie but like they won't look eye to eye but they're like they look away when the other one looks or Uh, when they can finally just say like uh at the very last second they're like i i I do want to see you again this can't just be one time and it's just like it makes my heart want to (laughs) explode yeah it's a very cute movie and it's a very sweet movie and yeah it's it's one of those movies that you you see and you're like man like i want to fall in love like that and then you see before midnight and you're like, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go to a hotel room and fight. Jesus. Yeah. I think that that's a good point too of like, this series does not go where you think it's going to go. No. At any point, which is weird. Cause like romance has been done. Trilogies have been done. Yeah. And somehow this romance trilogy does everything that you would never expect. Right. Yeah. But still feels true to life. Like, you're not like, I don't believe that. You're like, oh, I, I buy it. I 100%. That is what would happen. But it's just oh, yeah. like life. You're like, of course that happens. But I'm still I'm still surprised and riveted and moved by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
this is this is just fantastic and it's just i think you said before it just feels like you're it feels like very voyeuristic where you're just watching another couple and you're in the conversation with them you're walking with them listening to them Mm -hmm. um at some point, you become annoyed because they're really not including you in the discussion. You feel kind of left out. And you're like, and wow, these folks talk a lot. I can't get a yeah. word in. You can't get a word in. You feel a little insecure, a little upset. <laughs> you leave. You come back. They're still talking. And you're like, well, I don't know. Ethan Hawke is pretty cute, though. So I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, Greg and Matt Thirst chat. We had to fit Greg and Matt Thirst chat. Okay, here I, I was going <laughs> to ask you this question earlier. Who, who Who's more attractive, Ethan Hawke or Matt McConaughey? I think I think Ethan Hawke is someone I'm more likely to be buddies with. Yeah. Whereas Matthew McConaughey, I might be a little intimidated by him. True. Uh, but True. like objectively, like yeah, Matthew McConaughey is hotter. <laughs> I like I like Ethan Hawke more. I think because I'm just I can relate to him. Yeah. He's like kind of full of himself, bit of an English major, drama kid. You know, like I'm I'm like I I see myself in you. Yeah, I feel like he's, I don't know, he, in Before Sunrise, he really is basically like Timothy Chalamet now. Yeah, floppy like, hair, pointy face. Mm-hmm. For any girls who are listening, teenage girls who are in the Timothy Chalamet, I highly recommend just watching Before Sunrise because Ethan Hawke is basically, like young Ethan Hawke is, basic, is basically Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, it's it's like Timothy Chalamet with, with a silly mustache and goatee. Yeah. Exactly. Who I'll honestly argue, I think that Ethan Hawke now is better looking than Timothy Chalamet. Sorry, I don't mean to piss off any of our teenage girl fans, but I, I just don't think that he's I don't know. You, I think I think you're right. There is a clear like straight line between them like that. That that heartthrob type has made a comeback in a big yeah. way. And you can oh, yeah. see history just repeating itself in mm-hmm. maybe in 20 years, 30 years. Timothy Chalamet is going to be like like you know, partnered with some awesome, you know, real life filmmaker dude or something. I don't know. That would be cool, actually. Like him and I don't know who it would be. I mean, I'm starting to feel like it could be just him and Greta Gerwig, you know? Yeah, Greta Gerwig. I was thinking maybe Bombac too. Oh, yeah. Oh, they'd be good together. They would be really good together. Wow. Why haven't they done anything? I don't know. Should we should we like call him up? You should. You know we're connected, folks. Get Sandler in there. Get Ben Stiller, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Get Adam Driver. We're like, look, guys, we don't have a lot of time. We're really busy podcasters, but let me let us do you a favor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get Bomb back to write the script. It'll be good. That would actually be a great. Movie. I think so too. Fuck, now I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed that I will never see that movie. No, there's still time. There's still time. There's still time. It can happen. Man, that would be great. Yeah, once once Chalamet cashes those Dune franchise checks, he's in. He's going to want to go back to his art. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, I, I love Ethan Hawke in this movie. Julie Delpy I like as well. And then the thing that I like is that they're both very flawed people, you know? Both yeah, flawed I, people, which I, think, I like. Yeah. I think earlier we were saying, like, alone, either one of them would be kind of unlikable, but together their chemistry is magnetic and i can't take my eyes off and i'm like i can see why these people like want to be together yeah i'm gonna be honest i think i could i think i would like to hang out with jesse wallace on his own i think i think i would like hanging out with him 
Celine, not so much. I and I don't. I I refrain from saying that because I don't want to sound like an asshole. But it, it really just comes down to she just kind of gets on my nerves sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. I think I like Celine's like pointiness and and how like how opinionated she is even when she's wrong. Like I yeah I like that. I I think I think that's a cute quality to have. But I can see what, how it might get on on your nerves because that. I, I, to me, both, both of them have moments where I'm like, oh my God, like I just roll my eyes at them. But also like, that's real life too, right? When you, yeah. when you, when, when people are being their most authentic true self, they're going to be weird. Exactly. Yeah. And I definitely can agree with that. I, let's, let's not jump ahead too far, but I mean, then again, we're talking about the trilogy as one yeah. big long movie before midnight, they have a big long fight scene in the hotel room and Which it was a really f- like yeah a fucking uncomfortable scene but like beautifully oh, done beautifully done it's about half an hour long of two people just arguing and it's it's kind of the worst because you're just like i'm so uncomfortable i don't enjoy watching this this is this you're, is really frustrating you're sitting there as an audience member like mom and dad can you please stop fighting <laughs> like, yeah that's how it feels <laughs> it's really annoying and we were talking about this the other night. It just bugs me because both of them, I can kind of see their point of view, but I also think that they're handling it in such a immature way. Yeah. Um, your girlfriend made a good point about Jesse, how he's just acting calm, but he's not really being mature, you know? Yeah, he's like kind he's, of taking the high horse when he's also, like, telling her she's crazy. It's like, Yeah, Ooh. like, saying she's the mayor of crazy town doesn't really help anything. It's just adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. Then again, it always bothers me that um i feel like celine is kind of putting words in his mouth and saying that he's oh, saying yeah. and implying stuff 100 and that really that's just a personal thing for me i don't like when people do that just as it is so to see him be like man i'm, I'm upset that i can't see my son as often and then her not only that but she okay she also at like a dinner table in front of a ton of people says, oh, and then he asked me to move to Chicago. She's putting words in his mouth and saying and kind of like airing stuff. their dirty laundry publicly. Yeah. And, and then she also is like insulting his manhood in the hotel room and telling him like shit about like how he performs in bed and whatnot. Oh, kissy, and, kissy, titty, titty. I always remember how she says that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just. It, it just becomes something where I'm like, this is actually really fucking annoying because I don't want to root for you now because you're you're so unlikable in the same in the same in that same breath, though. I I get it. And I you kind of figure out some of the stuff that she's been holding yeah. on to and their communication isn't great, but it is it is a really frustrating thing. Now, I say that, but I don't say that as a negative. In fact, I think that's a positive because it's actually exactly creating a conversation where we're talking about how people communicate in relationships and how that can be a good thing and how when you're not communicating properly that's a really terrible thing 100 um, percent. so although it is a painful 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 watch it's so um, true to life unfortunately it's so true to life yeah and i and i have no i mean i have issues with it but i have no issues with it that were not intended to be issues yeah you know? it's it's like it literally digs up our own personal issues essentially is what Pretty is what much. it does it's like i it's it is like you said it's such a relatable you know like the, the those little pet peeves that they poke at each other with you're like oh my god this is hitting me really hard you know yeah and it, yes. and i think that's just such a great achievement for for 
performance and and writing and and storytelling they're just such flawed people and exactly it hurts to watch it really does um but i i really appreciate it and i i love the movie for that Mm -hmm. um this one i i think i prefer before midnight more than before sunrise fair um it's an extremely frustrating movie and it's funny sometimes because i'm like do i even like it because i'm so fucking annoyed by the people in it and i'm like well no that was the point so it just you know kudos to richard linklater for making me feel so irritated and also thinking like but why does this irritate me it's like because this is a problem and maybe there's something personal here with myself like it also kind of says a lot about the viewer yeah how they feel about it and it was interesting having the conversation because we had a bit of a conversation off the air with you me and Emma, which was great conversation, by the way, because we were talking about this. We were talking about Bernie. We were talking about tape. We were talking about all the moral questions that come from Linklater's movies. Yeah. And, you know, it's I I'm, I was trying I'm trying always to be more aware of my perspective as a, you know, a straight white male. Um, so it was interesting to hear Emma's point of view on the on the fight between uh celine and jesse because you know she had some interesting thoughts on the way that jesse was handling the situation that i hadn't really thought of right so it was nice to hear other perspectives and that's the thing is that this is this is again a great a great piece of art because it just creates conversation right yeah yeah. and and those those things that might hit us personally are gonna hit like a a young woman differently in a completely different personal way like it's it's so uh just in every angle and any, any way you look at it, it's going to hit you personally. You're going to be like, fuck that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like earlier when we were fighting about Bernadette. That really hit me personally. I'm sorry, Matt. Do you remember that guy you met when uh, I'm trying to do the Jesse thing at the end of Before Midnight? Where <laughs> <laughs> reminds them about him. <laughs> do you remember that guy you met in English class? I do. I'm, a, I'm that guy. I got in the time machine and I'm here. <gasps> You're the guy in the shining shirt that we talked about uh, Christmas movies for, for exactly. like an hour before an exam. Oh I'm my still God. that guy. I'm still, still that, that guy. guy. If you want to make this work, we don't have to talk about Bernadette. <laughs> Powerful oh, movie. I, I, speaking of that ending, though, I do actually want to touch on it because I do appreciate that. It's kind of ambiguous, but kind of optimistic where it's like, this is going to be hard. Like they're, he's, he, they're talking about the reality. Like this is not going to be easy. This isn't going to be like a romantic movie, but I'm, I can still be that person. And let's not forget like why we stuck together. And that's like, I don't know that, that that's a strong message. I'm not sure how relatable that is. Cause I've never been in like a 20 year relationship. I've never been their age and in their position. Like, does that get you through the hard times? But I like the optimism. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I liked that a lot. And that actually really connected with me personally. Because mm-hmm. I've kind of had that conversation before of like, we got to kind of work on stuff. And, um, you know, so that that really did hit me personally. Um, and that's something that I liked is that there was a bit of an optimism to it, but it is ambiguous of like, is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? And I don't know if they'll make another movie. I don't know if they need to or if they want to. And I know Ethan Hawke has said like 
there's kind of a, a circular kind of structure to the movies now because in the first movie, in the opening scene, there's a couple in their 40s arguing on the train. Yeah. And then in Before Midnight, they are that couple. So there's a nice kind of circle there. So, yeah. But then again, you know, they also had a really nice circle with Toy Story 3 and then they made Toy Story 4 and Toy Story 4 is still a really, really great movie. So whatever they they feel the exactly, need to do, I yeah. guess we'll see in 2022. Yeah, we'll see in 2022 if they, um, if they want to, if they feel that they can do anything. But I am curious to see what happens. But to be completely honest, I kind of like the open ending of I hope they worked it out, but I don't know if they did. And, you know, maybe it is something, maybe it is something where it's, um, it was true love. It was that they were meant to be together, but maybe they grew apart and it just didn't work out after a while. Mm -hmm. And that might not be a horrible thing in some ways, because in some, in some ways you can have a really great relationship with somebody, but it just doesn't work out, you know? Yeah. And you can still love like not romantically right like they have kids together even if they were separate they'd be in each other's lives and maybe maybe that would be the better thing for them exactly yeah and that, that's a, another thing that you kind of see in boyhood that's one thing that i like is that like towards the beginning you know patricia arquette and ethan hawk they are a divorced couple and they are not getting along super well but by the end of the movie they're they're, they're not best friends or anything and they're not really the most yeah. you know they don't they're, they're not going and hugging each other at the reunion and whatnot but they can have a conversation with each other and be cordial and you know enjoy that they are together uh through and they're connected through their kids yeah which no, i think it's is true it's it's yeah. like at the end of boyhood they've they're still the same but they've grown a lot so they they navigate it better which is yeah yeah yeah, yeah, re- really powerful stuff that make that digs into the deep, deepest, darkest, most strong feelings of life for sure. It is, yeah. There's a lot of. It, it feels like it's calling you out personally sometimes. Yeah. It's like, Whoa, man! Don't don't bring me into this. Okay, it's true. <laughs> but it does make you question. And there's probably been a in terms of our binges. This has probably been the one that's been the most like, hmm, like who am I though? You know, right. What are my ideologies? What are my what do what are my thoughts? How do I feel? What do I how would I handle this situation? What's the right way to handle this situation? What's the best thing that I can do? So there's a ton there and it's uh yeah, he's a phenomenal director and he will continue to be for as long as he makes movies and It's true. He makes he makes very deeply personal movies that are also universal yes. in a weird way. Absolutely. And he's always looking towards the future. So that's the that's the thing that I love. He's always looking to the past and always looking to the future. And speaking of the future, uh, these are a couple of his upcoming movies that haven't come out yet, but they um, they look very they sound great. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So he has two movies that are in the works right now. So one of them is called Apollo Ten and a Half, and this one I think it's like a space movie and it's rotoscoped. So you're going to love this one, the way it's animated and everything. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try to like it. Yeah. But it stars Glenn Powell from Everybody Wants Some and, you know, Scream Queens with the Chad Radwell, basically. That's awesome. And it stars Jack Black as well. So I'm excited to see them working together again. So that's something I really I'm very much looking forward to. And um, 
I, I, I honestly, I like the rotoscoping. Like, I like the way it looks. It, it does kind of hurt my eyes, but it's 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 interesting, and it's something that I that I appreciate. Oh yeah, I a hundred percent appreciate pushing those boundaries. Linklater knows yeah. what he's doing. Like, I can't tell him shit. Oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Nobody's telling him anything. Like, he is. He knows what he is doing. Yeah. And this other movie that he is working on is called Merrily We Roll Along, which I believe stars Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein. Um, two very talented actors, and it is filming for 20 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did he I just start? He started, I think, maybe like a year or two ago, maybe something like that. But Oh, my yeah. God. It's just something where I'm like, dude, you're going to be like 80 when you finish this movie. Like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad, though, he's still doing the, those that ambitious kind of thing. Because here's the thing about yeah. Linklater right now. He really is only like halfway through his career. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I would yeah. hope at least, you know, because he seems to be a guy who will make his make movies his entire life. He's not like, I want this many and then I'm retiring. Like, no yeah. matter what, he, you can't stop him from being creative. And, like, I'm excited for that next, you know, 40 years of Linklater, however long oh, he yeah, gets. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's about 60 right now. Oh, okay. So he's, he's probably got about, I, I'm going to say he's got 30 years left in him. Yeah. Honestly, Honestly I, I wouldn't be... I, he's so chill. I wouldn't be surprised if he lived to be 145 years old. Like, it's true. I hope he stays like super zen, super fit, like a yogi, and just, oh, yeah. just forever and ever tells movies about the universe. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's a modern day like he makes such great movies. Um, so yeah, no. I hope to always hear from him and and hear from him. Always see movies from. Him. Yeah, call get a call from him on the phone. Um, Rick, Ricky, give me a call, please. Rick, give me a call. <laughs> but yeah, just to always see movies from him and whatnot. And yeah, I when I first heard that he was filming movie this movie for twenty years, I'm like, is he is he gonna do this thing though, where he's just one upping himself? Like, all right, well I did twelve, and now I did twenty, and now I did twenty, and now I'll do forty. Like, yeah, okay, you know, I do also but, have that worry in the back of my head. I think when you said that. Yeah, the thing but is, also, yeah, yeah. After watching this, I'm like, it's Rick, it's Linklater. He knows what he's doing. It's Rick Linklater. Okay, he can do anything, and <laughs> he he does meticulously plan his things. Like even though his stuff seems really organic, like for mm-hmm. almost every project except for like the Before trilogy, basically he is like stick to the word on the page. You know, so oh yeah, yeah. That's the thing I love about him too is that he he's always willing to incorporate ideas from uh, him from his cast. It seems like a very collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. So that's something I can really appreciate. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. That that that's a big thing. I think the biggest stuff that I would take away from his his movies is community and whether that's you know depicting a community or finding your community and making things with them. That is so important. Which is, like, a really lovely lesson to take away from, like, we found a little bit of a community between ourselves and we made something out of it, you know? So, it's, like, yeah. it, it, it's just a fitting fitting thing. It makes me emotional. Link yeah. later. Don't cry, Greg, all right? I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. It's really pathetic. Just don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes where he's, like... Okay, if you win the Golden Glo- don't cry. It's pathetic. It's an award. Like, don't do not do it, you know? Um, but no, no, I get it, though. Boyhood definitely made me very emotional, and there were some other movies that 
did that too. And then I sent you a video of like an edit someone made yeah. of the movies, and that alone will make you cry. Like, oh my holy god, shit, yeah. It just makes, makes you want to just like live life and make stuff. Yeah, he is easily one of the greatest filmmakers of all time because even his even his bad movies aren't even that bad you know no like, they're like mid-tier regular movies mid-tier yeah like i wouldn't even say fast food nation is bad you know like i said i, I really liked the first hour of bernadette and this it was only the last 40 minutes that really kind of disappointed me but i overall i liked the movie so there you go here's the thing i think this kind of reflects some of the stuff we said at the during the coen brothers podcast is like we said at one point the coen brothers only needed to make fargo like one classic and they they would be revered for all time. Same goes for Linklater. He could have just made Dazed, right? He could have just mm-hmm. made A Single Sunrise, but he yeah. did it over and over again. And so... Exactly. With, with this retrospective on Linklater, I think the only next logical step for us is to record 10 minutes of a podcast once a year for the next 12 years and then release that, right? Honestly, not a bad <laughs> idea. I kind of love that. Like a time capsule? yeah that's the thing you know what was funny is that like when i watched boyhood i was like this is going to be kind of like all right like you get like 12 minutes when he's six and then 12 minutes when he's seven but it's blended together beautifully where you're like i actually don't really know and then at some point he he gets really like he gets pretty old and you're like oh my god like he grew up so fast (laughs) right it's like that thing people say about life you're like you get that feeling yeah I agree. Like, I only noticed from, like, haircuts changing slightly and, like, voices getting a little deeper. But, like, there were – there, I could not pick out the 12 different, you know, years. Like, one for one. There was maybe, like, five moments that I noticed a significant change. Yeah, where he's like, oh, you're in in grade eight and you're like, okay, so he's, he's like, 13 right now, something like that. Yeah. That's really all I could tell. But, um, yeah, no fantastic movie anyway let's talk about the best performances in richard linklater's movies the best richard linklater movies and then let's just reflect on the season in general because this has been a long season and a very good season Mm -hmm. and one that i will remember for a long long time agreed Alrighty, so we got some honorable mentions for the best performances in richard linklater's movies we've got mcconaughey for the newton boys Oh, yeah. We got Jack Black for School of Rock. That's a really, really good one. It's really hard not to put that on the list, but we definitely got something there kind of in its place to honor it. Um, But he's fantastic in this movie. Mm -hmm. He's also got Keanu Reeves and Robert Downey Jr. for Scanner Darkly, a very weird drug-riddled movie, but um, definitely something that I really appreciated. And It's not for everybody, and I can understand why you're not the biggest fan of it, but... I really, I really dug it, and I think that it was, um, it was very well done. Like any good art, it's not for like, everyone. Exactly, yeah, and that's the thing. And like I said, maybe in like, give it like ten years, maybe you'll like this movie a lot. Maybe you'll love it. You know, maybe it'll connect with you differently. Just like Waking Life is something I would like to go back to in a few years and try again. Yeah. Know? Um, we also got Brian Cranston, The Last Flag Flying. Really, everybody is great in that movie. I didn't rewatch it recently for this uh, Richard Linklater episode, but I do remember him probably being the one that stands out the most. But, you know, Steve Carell and Lawrence Fishburne are also phenomenal in it. 
You got Greg Kinnear in Fast Food Nation. He gives a really good, somewhat central performance. I don't know who the main character in this movie is. It's kind of a kind of telling five different stories all at once. So <laughs> hard to really say, you know. Um, we've got Ethan Hawke. Basically, anytime he's with Richard Linklater, like yeah. in Boyhood, Fast Food Nation, Tape, whatever the hell it is, he's he's amazing. Dream Team. Uh, dream Team, basically, right? Uh, Elor Coltrane. I always feel like I'm saying their name incorrectly, but uh, they were phenomenal in Boyhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's nice to see their progression in terms of acting as the movie kind of uh, shifts through the years that was a nice thing to see as yeah. well how they grow as a performer and it, it's historically significant too like they're probably the only performer that can you know l- look at their life in a single movie performance like progress that's okay. wild yeah Th- that will always be probably the greatest objectively the greatest coming of age movie ever because the person actually comes of age you know it's true which I think is very meaningful. Uh, you got Parker Posey in Dazed and Confused. She's very funny. She's always great in the uh, Christopher Guest mockumentaries. And I love seeing her in this. I didn't even know that she was in it. So it was nice to see her in this. And she was fantastic. Yeah, she had amazing energy. She stole yeah. the screen every time she was on. Yeah. And then we got Glenn Powell and Everybody Wants Some. I'd also say Wyatt Russell was phenomenal in that. Uh, you know, a fun comedy, a little bit forgettable maybe, but definitely it's 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 on the good tier in terms mm-hmm. of Richard Linklater's stuff. It's a good movie. Um, it's a fun movie, and I, I would recommend it. Now, these are three more honorable mentions, but these are the ones that were really close to being on the list, but didn't just miss the cut just slightly. You got Christian McKay and me and Orson Welles. He was phenomenal as Orson Welles. And this was a phenomenal, commanding, screen-grabbing performance showing all the good and bad traits of Orson Welles. We've got Robert Sean Leonard in tape. He was phenomenal, dramatic. Jim Carrey does it again. (laughs) And this one was so close to being on the list. And it was Kate Blanchett and Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Yeah. Although I didn't love Where'd You Go, Bernadette. I did think that Kate Blanchett was phenomenal. She well deserved that Oscar, that Golden Globe nomination. She probably should have gotten an Oscar nomination too. If if there weren't wasn't so much competition, she probably would have because she was yeah. phenomenal. But yeah, she and also she's she's very hot. So yeah, I'm glad that, that I know that. That, that that deserves points as well. Absolutely. <laughs> So, the top five performances. The actual list is number five, Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused. Just an all icon. Right, all right, all right. Yeah, he is an icon. Uh, for He's real. He's the greatest character ever. How in- many young people get their first, like, real movie role and are, like, one of the most memorable characters in a classic, you know? I know, right? So, that deserves yeah. credit. Yeah, I think his previous role before this, he was like guy number two in the background at a party or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal performance from a phenomenal actor. And um, it's not even that deep of a role. He's really just like a stoner, but. He steals the show. Phenomenal. He steals the show. Number four is Uma Thurman in tape. This is a super layered performance. And just seeing Uma Thurman in everything, in anything now, it just reminds me how much I miss seeing her on screen. I feel like she doesn't do as much anymore, and I miss her to death, so. Come yeah, back, Uma. Where are you? Come back, Uma. Where, where'd you go, Uma? <laughs> yeah, I would love that movie. Anyway, uh, 
don't mean to, don't mean to <laughs> open any old wounds. Um, number three is Jack Black and Bernie. This is a phenomenal performance. He really transforms, but he still keeps that Jack Black chaotic energy that uh, makes him so well known and recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. Phenomenal. Just she honestly. I was thinking about it. I was like, if I ever get any chance to work with Patricia Arquette, I might turn it down because I would be too intimidated because she is so such a force to be reckoned with. For real. Like, just oh, so affecting. In a movie full of affecting moments and, and personal things, just really, really hit a home run, to, to use a baseball metaphor for our boy Ricky Linklater. Yeah. Now, I do think that Patricia Arquette has one role better than Boyhood, and that is, of course, Dream Warriors. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) If you didn't say it, I was gonna. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, But yeah, no, she's another actress who would be great to be in like a Bombach movie or something like that. Just, I feel like she hasn't done that much either. We gotta, come on, guys. What are we doing, Uma and Patricia? Let's get back. Let's do some more. Let's do some more work. Come on. And number one is is actually a tie because these performances do not work without the other. Inseparable. Inseparable. And that is Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy in the Before Trilogy. Just to to watch uh, characters and actors grow together and inform the roles is so unique. You don't get that in any other performance. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you can't have one without the other, like you said. It's just they belong together on the screen in those roles. Exactly. Yeah, I don't don't really want to see particularly just a movie about Celine, nor do I want to see a movie just about Jesse Wallace. No. I can only really take them together and, um, yeah, I'll only take them together. They are two phenomenal characters written over the course of what 20 years and i absolutely love the their chemistry their bonding and i i i'm okay with them not making another movie but if they do i will be seeing it absolutely yeah. without a doubt i'll be there opening night for for jesse and celine every time so will i i love them so uh, you definitely love the Before Trilogy more than I do, but I would be there like second night <laughs> when, the crowd, when the crowd has died down a little bit. You That's know? true. That's true. Or, or if it's on VOD, I would buy it the day of. You know? Fair. Fair. Who knows how long this fucking pandemic is going to last. So we'll see. But yeah, anyway. that's true. We're going to see Jesse and Celine in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, the relationship is great, but we're spending way too much time together. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's like we were going to separate and now we can't. <laughs> oh i love that that's hilarious so those are the best performances and now let's get into the cream of the crop the best movies Mm. he's made like how many movies 20 movies something like that i think if you're counting yeah i think if you're counting it's impossible to learn to plow then that's 20 but um so it's more like 19 real movies yeah because then there's a couple documentaries in there too i think that we didn't cover but that's true. That's true. Twenty or so, yeah. Twenty, twenty or so, yeah. Let's say, let's say around twenty. Um, we're talking about in the best category, including honorable mentions. We're mentioning like fourteen, which that's a pretty good ratio. If you made nineteen movies, and we're talking about, you know, uh, fourteen of them being really good, and then the other yeah. ones, 
that we don't haven't mentioned some of them we just haven't even seen so yeah we're honestly you know? lucky as aspiring filmmakers to ever make one movie that's good let alone this many it's oh, yeah. astounding yeah no this is phenomenal so the honorable mentions are a scanner darkly uh last flag flying before sunrise we just put here because there is a before movie in each of our lists not to spoil it but we just you know for either of us we could just take the whole before trilogy but we thought you know what might as well just take one of take take our favorite entry um this shows that they just keep getting better right oh yeah as they go along sunrise is only an honorable mention yeah exactly and um of course slacker is the one that started it all and you know it might work a little bit better in theory more than in practice but i still like it and i i can't wait to finish it i haven't even finished it all but i'm still that confident that i would put it on the honorable mentions anyway it's important for film history so it belongs there absolutely all right greg take us through your best my best at number five digging up old wounds with where do you go bernadette (laughs) <laughs> I will actually be rewatching this as like a feel good movie, even yeah. though it's not perfect. And I, I recognize its flaws in all seriousness. I do like it. Uh, and oh, yeah. I think it has some merit. And Kate Blanchett is just a delight to watch on screen forever. So do I. I think I think it has merit as well. You don't have to scream at me all the time. <laughs> I see the look you gave me when I said it has merit. I saw the dirty look you gave me and I, I'm not appreciating it. So anyway. Number four, the Newton Boys. <laughs> Just like a great cast. The the four main characters of this are so magnetic and are just like movie magic in essence. And the fact that they, they all get to play off each other is amazing. Love it. Underrated. Deserves to be fun. more recognized. Yeah. yeah. So fun. Number three, Bernie. Uh, kinds of kind of rhymes i like bernie it, you never see jack black uh i i, I always I, I should say i always see jack black as kind of a silly goofy fun guy uh and bernie has that aspect of him but also has like moments that will like twist your heart out with his performance specifically so high recommend if you've ever kind of like jack black uh number two dazed and confused because it it just is so optimistic. We we talked a lot about this one, but it's it's so much fun. It never gets old. Great soundtrack, amazing cast, launched so many careers, and is another historic movie. And number one, Before Sunset, because this is how you show a conversation. Even, even if, if you can have a scene with a conversation as good as this movie is, you win. This is just peak conversation writing it's amazing every turn every twist every reveal keeps you on the edge of your seat and really this is a movie about two people walking around and talking so it's beautiful it's phenomenal it's a phenomenal phenomenal movie um it's the only one of the before trilogy that i own on dvd um i need to get the other ones but i'm glad that this is the first one that i own um, I've been watching the uh, the price for the Criterion edition of all three for literal years because it's ooh. so expensive. But I just every once in a while I'm like, please go on sale, please go on sale. As soon as it goes on sale, I'm 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 you know pulling the trigger on that. Yeah, you should put away like thirty bucks every year 
And then one year you're like, oh, I can buy it now. You know, it's not even like that crazy. It's just like for three DVDs to be like $120. I'm kind of like, I don't know if it's worth it. But also like I keep going back to it. So one day I will buy that. I will just commit and buy it. (laughs) You definitely will. Absolutely. This holiday season. Do it. Oh, I'm going to throw that on the Christmas list. (laughs) I would take all of your honorable mentions or all of you. I would take your list as all of my honorable mentions. In fact, a few of the ones on your list would probably make my list. If uh, if you hadn't taken before sunset, it would probably be on my list. Dazed and Confused, maybe. Definitely Bernie would be on there. Um, Bernadette is definitely an honorable mention. At least the first hour of it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Overall, not so much. But the first hour, yes. Okay. <laughs> Stop giving me dirty looks, okay? I can see you. <laughs> Just enough. <laughs> no, but I feel the same about your list. Like, yes. I My list would certainly look different fused oh yeah no for sure there's it's also just hard because some of these like you know days and confused the before trilogy school of rock like some of these you're just like uh okay yeah obviously they would be on my list but like so many classics yeah i want to give credit to some of the ones that aren't as well known so yeah number five we're going before midnight this movie frustrated the shit out of me in the best way possible uh this kind of makes me mad this movie but it makes me think, and that's something that I can really appreciate with Richard Linklater's stuff, is that it always makes me want to have a conversation about his work, mm-hmm. uh, just like any good art should. Number four is Boyhood. I really love this movie. The only reason it's pretty high up on the list is because I don't really see myself rewatching this like crazy. Like, I can't, it's not as accessible as some of his other movies that are you know, but a bit shorter and a bit rewatchable, but this movie is a fucking experience and it's a fantastic movie. So yeah, definitely, definitely deserves to be on the list. Not to mention the performances from Elor Coltrane, Lorelai Linklater, Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. It is groundbreaking. It is brilliant and highly recommend Mm-hmm. Number three is Tape with Robert Sean Leonard, a.k.a. Dramatic Jim Carrey, Uma Thurman, and Crackhead Tom Cruise, a.k.a. Ethan Hawke. This movie is based on a play, so you can see my theater connections kind of shining in this one. But I love this movie. I love the moral questions and the moral dilemmas that this one brought up. And I can't wait to rewatch it. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since, I, uh, since I've seen it. So, phenomenal. Number two, Zoe Kazan actually has a cameo, or, or not a cameo, but she has like a smaller role in this movie, and she actually plays a character who writes stories about like people just being people, and there's a monologue where she's like, why does something need to happen? Like, two people go to the store and they feel a little bit better. Like, why does there need to be like something that happens? And I'm like, that is that must have been why Richard Linklater wanted to make me and Orson Welles, the great story <laughs> starring Zach Efron, Christian McKay, Claire Danes, um, Kelly Riley's also in this movie for a little bit. She's great. This movie is just phenomenal. Again, like I've worked in, a theater place before and it's a phenomenal experience and this this performance from orson wells is well not orson wells but the, <laughs> that's how good it is could, could have fooled me honestly <laughs> um but the reincarnation of orson wells is just 
phenomenal in this movie. And this is the one that really kicked it off for Zac Efron, I believe. So I highly recommend checking this movie out if you love theater, if you love Zac Efron, if you like Orson Welles, if you like just good stories. I highly recommend this one. And my number one favorite Linklater movie. It's a no-brainer. It's School of Rock. I grew up loving this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in the top 20 favorite movies of all time. Maybe even my top 10. I love this movie so much. I can watch it anytime. It just makes me feel so good, so warm. Mm-hmm. I also I get I'm weird with this movie. I like almost cry every time he like gets on stage and starts playing Teacher's Pet. Like I don't know why, but there like is... I always want to No, you're right. Cry. You're yeah. there is such a strong emotional core of this movie that like no other filmmaker could pull off because it oh, is yeah. a silly, silly idea, but it tugs on your heartstrings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, highly recommend. And it's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And honestly, like we talk about Ethan Hawke and Richard Linklater having a bit of like a buddy friendship kind of romance thing. But honestly, mm. I, I feel like Jack Black and and Linklater is the uh, is the friendship and and the bromance that I want to see more of, you know? Oh, agreed. They work yeah. so well together. More of Absolutely. that, please. Yeah. Alrighty, now, as is, uh, is the end of our season one. Man, that's so sad. Like, it's the end of season one. No, no Matt, it's crazy. It's the, it's the beginning of, a, of many, many more seasons. I'm exactly. actually, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. This has been a great first season, buddy, and I just want to thank you for doing this podcast with me. It's been a lot of fun. Agreed. Seriously, um, thank you for, for broadening my horizon to new movies. Thanks for knowing so much that, like... I feel like we fill in each other's gaps when it comes to movies in a lot of ways, which is just amazing and super rare. And so just like, thanks for, thanks for being here. I I really am glad you're here. Yeah. And well, well, honestly, it's not even just that we're doing a podcast together, but we've also become just really great friends. Um, It's true. Yeah. It's really nice. And then also, yeah, no, there's nobody. Oh man, this is becoming like a real, this, this is becoming before fucking sunrise right now. (laughs) There's really no one like you where it's, you know, too, there's man. a lot of people in my life who I've met and I've talked to movies and they're like, all right, they don't get the passion of it. But like you, I'm like, oh, Michael Keaton and Adam Sandler. And you're like, yes. And I and I feel like, um, like, what's the word? Um, oh, fuck. What's the word? That sucks when you're in a moment and you don't remember the words you're trying to. <laughs> to describe you validated you know you feel validated by your opinion and whatnot so no you have you you have the best opinions thank you so much like you're 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 awesome seriously just keep going in the direction you're going in and hopefully we can just keep hanging out because it's it's been the best the real greg and matt movie chat was the friends we made along the way (laughs) exactly yeah no, but we'll definitely keep. We're, de- I mean, we're definitely going in the same direction. We have a nice season two planned. Mm-hmm. We have nice future seasons planned. But before we say goodbye to season one altogether, this is a little special thing we're going to do in our season finales. Is we're going to talk about our five favorite movies that we have been introduced to this season, and these are movies that we have not seen before. We did our binges for this, the the uh, whatever episodes we were doing. 
And we've had a lot of episodes in this. We we did Adam Sandler. We did Kirsten Dunst. We did Michael Keaton, Lynn Shelton, short films by famous directors, the Coen brothers, Vince Vaughn, and now Richard Linklater. So all of the movies that we saw for the first time during those binges are fair game for this list. We're just counting down the ones that stuck with us the most. And hopefully there's a few in here that people haven't seen that they can go and check out. Yeah. And this is by no means like super definitive because... I personally saw so many amazing movies for the first time. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that they're, they're, they're around and they might not have come to mind, but yeah, for the most part, we really just watched a lot of good movies. Yeah. But my, my top five favorites among many others, I have to give a shout out to clean and sober because it's just a phenomenal movie that is oh, so yeah. overlooked. Like, Oh yeah. Damn Keaton. You've, you've been on a good track for way longer than people give you credit for. Respect, yeah. if you're listening. Our boy, yeah. Keith. <laughs> and that's the one that really started it for him, too. That's the one that really yeah. got him the role as Batman. So, I mean... Exactly. That's really the one the to thank for all of all of this you know come on michael keaton that mansion didn't pay for itself <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you gotta give it you gotta pay your dues clean and sober yeah um but to the to the list number five suspiria 2018 because i was so like anxious about seeing this i love the original oh, yeah. but suspiria 2018 is just really its own movie a, f- a great remake and i'm really happy that it was done the way it was done. Well done. Oh, yeah. Number four, The Meyerowitz Stories, new and selected by Noah Baumbach. Weird movie, riveting movie. And yeah. I, 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 I love that kind of that kind of movie and what the kind of stuff Noah Baumbach does might be might be the, the most easily rewatchable Baumbach movie. Yeah. I love Marriage Story, oh, uh, yeah. but I, I wouldn't put it on again. You know, <laughs> I'd put on Meyerowitz Stories first not a light watch for, to, for the <laughs> yeah no by any means it's not a light watch but Meyerowitz stories you can definitely get some some more enjoyment out of that yeah one but too. still get like some heavy feels yeah I'd also recommend uh, squid and the whale that's yeah. a good one as well yeah um, but yeah no there's definitely uh, yeah this is this is definitely a little bit lighter in terms of Mombach which is nice um, mm-hmm. it's and a yeah Sandler sillier. gives an amazing performance in it Number three, Brawl in Cell Block 99, because Craig, Craig S. Zoller. S. Craig Zoller. Yeah. Wow. What a filmmaker. Well done. S. S. Craig Zoller. Okay. S. Craig I'm like, Zoller. Does he have a first name? No, it's just a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie, and uh, Vince Vaughn is phenomenal in it. He's a uh, performance of a lifetime, really. It's true. And also, just... The kind, like the kind of grimy movie I would, I that just fits every taste I have, you know, like oh yeah, indulgent in its world, but also very slow, and I love that. There's something about the the tone and pacing of it that I'm just like, ooh, that hits every button I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. following that up at number two, Geometria, similar, similar in terms of how it presses all my buttons, like. Again, I I want to make things like that. And a short film I made recently was heavily inspired by having seen this and being like, I might be able to pull off something like that on my own. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that now. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try and refine that. And like, honestly, I might like if if me learning how to make movies is just copying Geometria, that would be awesome. That's probably what I'll be doing. 
Yeah, that not, that short film you made, by the way, I got if it ever reaches like the light of day, which it should, because I thought it was really, really fun and really good. Thank you. I definitely got. Oh yeah, no worries, man. It was is I definitely got a Geometria vibe. I also got like a like a Suspiria type vibe too, and I really enjoyed it. So um, plus there was a bit of humor in there that I really dug. Um, kind of reminded me of like the funny. The stuff that actually worked from like the scary movies, you know, right? Like, um, like the scary movie movies. I should mean, um, yeah, like <laughs> not the just first all one. scary movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like oh yeah, I remember like the funny moments in like you know scary movies, you know, where like they kill everyone and it's funny. No, like uh, <laughs> like the like power this- glove. But yeah, no, I definitely got like a like an original scary movie vibe from it, which I which I love. Like I could see Marlon Wayans kind of doing that and it being really funny. So I Thank appreciate you. that a lot. Yeah, no worries. Super inspired by Geometria, and that's why it belongs on the list. And then oh, yeah. following that up, completely different kind of movie, but again, just I guess my taste is eclectic because I want to make stuff like this too. Your sister's sister is just I said it before, I'll say it again the best Greek tragedy that never existed. You know, (laughs) it's so primal and emotional. And thank you for introducing me to this movie because holy crap. Oh yeah. No worries, man. This it's, I'm honestly kind of proud looking at your list because I'm pretty, I don't mean to pat myself on the back or anything. Pat yourself, please. Okay. I will. I'll pat myself right on the back because you got six movies you just talked about and I introduced you to four of them. So yeah, I'm very proud. I introduced you to your sister, sister, brawl and cell block, uh, Meyer wits and clean and sober. So for real, you need a movie recommendation from anyone and like a movie you haven't heard of. That is fucking amazing. Go to Matt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, message me. Just direct message me on the Instagram page. I will message you back with like three different movies that will work for you. Just give me give me what you're in the mood for. I'll give you a few. So, yeah. Like, I, I considered myself well-versed in movies. And, and Matt can find movies that I'm like, holy shit, I haven't seen that. And it's amazing. So, if you find, yeah. if you, if you find yourself in oh, a similar thanks, place, seriously, message him. All right. Yeah, do it. Do it. Thank you for the for the... For calling out to everybody and saying that. I appreciate it. Um, alrighty. <laughs> I think that I sounded kind of like sarcastic. No, like genuinely, like like message me. I, I love to give people recommendations. I love doing it. I just imagined you, you getting flooded by like every follower. Just like, uh, I like the Grinch. <laughs> You're like, uh, Cat in the Hat. <laughs> I like this movie, Jack and Jill. I think it's really, really, I think it's a contemporary classic. Yeah, just watch it as a drama. It's really great. It's a really good movie. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Alrighty, my favorites. I got a ton of honorable mentions because I've seen a lot of good stuff this year. And uh, yeah, no, this binge has introduced me to a lot of fantastic work. Um, I don't have a ton of honorable mentions from the Adam Sandler one, mainly because I've seen a lot of his stuff before. Um, right. And also, that's kind of what led me to want to start the podcast anyway. So... You know, Adam mm-hmm. Sandler just gets an honorable mention himself just for being, you know, Adam Sandler. Um, yeah, I believe for, for you know, history's sake, let's get this recorded. Like the first uh, podcast you pitched for us to do was was Adam Sandler. And so, 100%. yeah. Yeah, that was really what I wanted to do. A pod- I was like, honestly, if we just do the Adam Sandler episode, we can end the podcast afterwards. I don't really care. <laughs> I just want to talk about Adam Sandler for three episodes straight. I think it's worth it. So I love that. Oh yeah, no, I loved it. That's the thing that really, really got us on the off the map. So he gets an honorable mention. 
Um, and then I think this is still our our most listened to episode is the Kirsten Dunst episode or something like that, right? Yeah, I think which so. Is, yeah, that sounds right. Is, it's crazy to me, but also it makes perfect sense. And that's where we're going to start the honorable mentions from Kirsten Dunst. We've got Dick interview with the vampire and melancholia, all great movies that I'm happy that I've been able to see from Michael Keaton. We've got the paper much ado about nothing and desperate measures, <laughs> which is a crazy, silly um, action movie ripoff of Die Hard, kind of. But and it's awesome. It's awesome. It is so <laughs> stupid. It's a tight 90 minutes, and I love every second of it. For real. Grab it, your favorite drink and watch that movie if you haven't. Oh, man. I just love that you you were very close to putting that on your top three. <laughs> I was. You were I want, so close. I, I tend to be a little sillier with my lists, and but like this one's genuine, and like I, I wanted to express something real but like it it was so close because i really do like it yeah it was so funny too because it was number three on your worst but it was like can it also be number three on my best and it was like you don't want to take the founder and you're like i didn't like the founder i like desperate measures more i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me man it's so good <laughs> but i loved that i loved it uh, from Lynn Shelton, we got Sword of Trust, Outside In, Hump Day, and Laggies, and also Touchy Feely was a really good one, too. Um, I wasn't super familiar with her work before um, we did uh, the episode on her, but she's a phenom- she was a phenomenal director and uh, gone too soon. We've also yeah. got, from the Scarathon, we got both Suspirias from 77 and from 2018. Both are phenomenal. Um, Suspiria from 77 is just a really fun movie. Very kind of kind of light honestly but mm-hmm. um still got some intensity in that and then superior from 2018 you know i might not have been as happy with it when i first saw it but um it definitely hit me and i it's something i've been thinking about a lot especially recently i don't know what it is maybe it's just a cold weather but yeah, yeah i've been it's been on my mind quite a bit also from the scarathon we got the thing from another world that's a that was a great, really fun fifties classic. From Vince Vaughn, we got Into the Wild, the Sean Penn directed one, which we will be talking about next season. From the Cohen brothers, we got Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I had a really great time with this. And just from today, from um Richard Linklater. I love that we just talked about him for three hours and I almost forgot his fucking name. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no, that's Ricky fantastic. Link. Ricky Link. Rinklater from from Rinklater <laughs> we got a scanner darkly dazed and confused tape and me and Orson Welles all phenomenal movies and now into the list at number five is a Vince Vaughn drama return to paradise this is one I just checked out a few months ago uh, when I was getting ready for the Vince Vaughn episode and I'm happy I saw it this is a really great one this is another one that talks about moral dilemmas and it has a great performance from Vince Vaughn as well as performances from Joaquin Phoenix and Haish and Jada Pinkett Smith. This one has really been forgotten about, and I want to take this time to say, please check out this movie. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, look at how Vince Vaughn cracked both our top five. I know, right? And I, I, I mean, I told you, right? Because yeah. he is good. He I is doubted. Good I doubted too. But yeah. like again, Matt is right. Yeah, I'm listen to his right. recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> please seriously i'll just just ask for a vince vaughn movie i'll recommend one to you just tell me what you like i'll give you a vince vaughn movie i i was over here watching criterion dvds and matt comes along and shows me better shit than is in the collection just out of vince vaughn's filmography okay so listen to his <laughs> recommendations 
I wouldn't even say he's that great, but yeah, if you if you oh, want to say that, then seriously yes. though, Cell Block, Return to Paradise, also sounds amazing. Like they're important movies. That's true. Also, I would I, I would also say Clay Pigeons. The only reason I didn't put this in it is because I did see that a few years ago, so it doesn't really count. But um, that's one that I would check out as well. Number four. The Coen Brothers, Barton Fink. This one just hit me, and I love this movie. This is this is just such a weird movie, and then midway through, it just totally changes and becomes like almost like a body horror movie for a second, and then goes mm. into this weird mystery that you didn't expect. It is such a cool movie. Highly, highly, highly recommend this one. Also, how have John Turturro and John Goodman not been nominated for Oscars? That is fucking insane. It is a the crime. Oscars are a joke until they give them a, a nomination at least exactly number three this one should have gotten an oscar nomination maybe even an oscar win and it's a shame that michael keaton has not won the oscar yet i think he personally should have won for birdman unreal uh, well we got clean and sober which is just a phenomenal movie one that i'm really happy i introduced to greg and one that i introduced to myself i'd heard about this for a long time but i never actually sat down to watch it until we were doing a michael keaton episode and i'm glad i did this talks about addiction in a really good way it's not um it doesn't it's not make preachy. It, not preachy, no, but it also shows you the horrors of it. It also shows you about codependency. Mm-hmm. It shows you about how you can better yourself, how you might not know that you need to better yourself, and how in the end that can be ultimately very satisfying and very fulfilling. And yeah. I think this is an important movie to see. Number two, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm counting the entire Before Trilogy. Do it. Um, Mainly Before Sunset and Before Midnight, because I did see Sunrise years ago, but I had never actually seen Sunset and Before Midnight. I saw those two probably like maybe like two weeks ago back to back because I love them so much. But the whole trilogy as a whole is like the greatest 18 year long movie ever. Yeah. Just, I, I, yeah. I, I heard uh, Linklater in an interview or someone around that movie say it's the... It's the lowest budget trilogy of all time. And like the fact that it's better than most big budget trilogies, most series that get a trilogy, it says something. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And I can't recommend it. Well, phenomenal trilogy of movies. And I can't recommend it enough. And uh, honestly, I'm trying to think of trilogies that I would consider better than this. And I'm having a hard time thinking of that many trilogies that I really think are, are better than, um, than the before trilogy i honestly i would prefer the before trilogy more than lord of the rings like that's how much i love this yeah any day i don't need to set aside freaking 12 hours to watch these and i will be much more strongly emotionally affected (laughs) from the before trilogy exactly and then yeah what was what was the other thing i was gonna say there Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 by Sam Raimi are two of my favorite movies of all time. But, I mean, Spider-Man 3 just is not up to par. Yeah. That one is close, but before Sunset. Flawless. Might be. It really is, you know? When your biggest when your biggest uh, issue in a trilogy is that the first movie is maybe 10 minutes too long. Or that the characters pretty... are a little too relatable. Yeah, but <laughs> like then that. again... That's kind of a positive as well, yeah, isn't it? You know? But it just like makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, same. And then number one. This one is interesting, too, because this one kind of reminds me of Slacker after seeing some of Slacker. And this is a very different movie because this is actually a short film. It's from our short films episode. And this one wasn't even my number one movie. 
This wasn't even my favorite one, but this one has stuck with me, and I kind of regret not taking this as my number one movie. And it's The Black Balloon by the Safdie Brothers. Mm-hmm. This one is about a black balloon. I don't know how they made a movie where the main character is a fucking balloon, and they made it the most engaging 20 minutes ever. It is such a good movie. Inspiring. I love Uncut Gems. We all know how much I love Uncut Gems. This movie, honestly... Not as good as Uncut Gems, but I would honestly, I think this is a better movie than Good Time. And I fucking love Good Time. Damn. So that's high praise. It's high praise. I would highly recommend checking out The Black Balloon. Literally 20 minutes. It's on YouTube. Just check it out. It's fantastic. But Amazing. Yeah, what a those season. Are the, those are my five from the season that really hit me. Um, yeah, no, man. I, I just, I can't wait for the future. And, uh, our next season looks great, so I'm yeah, very... Yeah, get hyped, folks. Get hyped, yeah. Oh, man. That about does it for season one of the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. Look how far we've come. When we return, we'll be doing a look at some of our favorite Christmas movies, just getting in the holiday spirit, you know? So oh, yeah. Greg and Matt Holiday Special is coming soon, so Yeah, stay and followed glued. by the end of year special, where we count down our top 10 favorite movies of 2020. Yes, it's been a with- weird year, so this that'll be an interesting <laughs> list for sure. But I'm, I nonetheless, I'm very excited. Yeah, as soon as movies start coming back, like it's going to be so hard to do <laughs> top of the year. But this year, hey, if any year, we can do it, and I, I'm oh, going to yeah. start watching, catching up on this year's movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, until then, though, you can find this episode and every other episode at hawkonmedia.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music. Podbean, Pocket Cast. Look how far we've come. We're on like just about every main uh, podcast app. Whatever's your favorite, pick it. And if we're not on there, let us know. I will get us on there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way. I'll fucking make my own app. Yeah, and see how you like that. <laughs> I'll make a janky ass broken podcast app ripoff. <laughs> we're not on Podbean. We'll put us on Schmodbean. See how they like that. Yeah. yeah. See exactly. how you like them apples, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there. Catch up with all our episodes if you missed any. Please do. And follow us on Instagram. Uh, Greg and Matt Movie Chat is the at. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, just at Greg and Matt Movie Chat. Respond to our stories. Get involved in the chat. People are doing it. Why aren't you? You're the only one person listening to this who I'm addressing right now. But why aren't you getting involved? Everyone's doing it. For yeah, real. Why are you being such a fucking asshole? Stop. <laughs> we love you, but also you need to be more present in the community. We've got just a bustling community. Get involved. We want to hear your opinion. Do you hate us? Let us know. We have no haters yet. Become our first hater. <laughs> this outro is getting a little unhinged. Uh, I love it. I love it, though. <laughs> We love you all. Thanks for sticking with us. If you've listened to every episode, you're awesome. You deserve a gold star for real. Thank you, mom. I appreciate it. Yes. Thanks, Emma, for listening. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Until next time. All right. All right. All right.